Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 188 for June 17th, 2019. My name is Phil Pinsky. With me, as always, are Bill Lutz and the illustrious Tim Sway. This week's top Patreon supporters are Make Build Modify, Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Ryan Ridgely, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, and Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. I normally ask what we're working on here, but I want to ask Tim a follow-up question from the pre-show. Um, I've mentioned on the podcast before that I myself have uh, kind of shut down my Etsy shop. I put it into vacation mode, so at any time I could spring it back up, but it would take a little bit of a ramp up for the hits to come back. But Tim just told me that he's thinking about shutting down his Etsy page, shop thing, whatever. And I'd like to hear what, why, and how, and where, and when. Because he wants to be more like you. That makes I sense. just basically follow in your footsteps, Phil. Um, yeah. Well, it's well, they're like, easy to follow because they're pretty small. It, it's, it sort of ties into what I'm working on, but <laughs> I don't, that doesn't even make sense, but it's just a self-deprecating. I have small shoes. I understand that, but that doesn't make it easier or more difficult to follow in your footsteps. So anything would make it more difficult. And that also doesn't mean just because 12s. you have small shoes that you have other small parts either. So don't don't have an issue with that. Small toes. Small toes. It does mean he has small toes. S- small socks. Yeah. Actually, socks are all the exact same uh, size because they basically cover sizes 5 through 11, which basically means that the heel of my socks is always somewhere up near my ankle. Right, yeah. but if you wore if you wore boys size nine, you'd be fine. I'll give that a shot. Tim, you could you could give that a shot. This is this is relevant. <laughs> um, it it kind of ties into what I'm working on. Uh, so I have the the Maslow Maker Made CNC at the shop, and I'm doing a video for them. So I had my laptop over running that, and then I got an order on my Etsy shop for a sign. And I'm just like, oh, I gotta like, it's like a $30 sign, you know what I mean? I'm just like, oh man, I gotta go and like, like set that machine up and bring the laptop, which I haven't done yet. I just gotta wait until, you know, I gotta finish the other job. But, and it was just like, I have all these other things going on. I'm like, you know what, is this, I always have this because it's the whole business framework has been multiple streams of income, you know, and to have mm-hmm. like, you know, originally my Etsy store was I made things and I put them up there and hope that people would buy them. And then I turned it around to more like your model where I have things that people can order. Um, and it's just like it never fails that when I do get orders on it, and I don't get a lot of them because I don't put a lot of work into it. But when I do get orders, it's always when I have like a million other things going on and I don't want the order. And so, like, I was just like, you know what? I should just shut the store down. I've got hardly anything in it. I don't do any maintenance on it. I don't, do, I don't put any effort into it. But then I have a hard time letting go of that, that multiple, that, that stream, Could- that income stream, you know. Couldn't you um, use the Laszlo machine to make this sign, kill two birds with one stone? Oh, I could while I'm set up. I could I could absolutely do that, but it would just require because I'm using different software and different it would just be a little bit more of like a pain in the neck to do that. Um oh. 
than it would to just wait until I'm over on the other machine. I could just knock it out real quick because I have the G code all written and everything. I don't even. I just. I just literally open up this stream of text and run it. You know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you just said, but the answer was no. Fancy words, yeah. I said fancy word, fancy word, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, Is but, it, but are you running Mach 3 on that CNC? I'm running Mach 3 on my Avid CNC now, it's called. Yeah. CNC router parts changed their name to Avid. Um, oh, okay. They're doing like a branding a branding rethink because like CNC router parts kind of sounds like where you shop for parts. Parts. And right. they sell CNCs, you know what I mean? So they kind of changed their name. So yeah, so that's running Mach three, but then the um, the Maker Made CNC is running. Uh, I forget what it's called right now. Ground Control, I think it's called, and it's like a kind of a freeware. It's open source, um, yeah, everything, yeah. And they're they're working on th- th- that company's really cool. Uh, I've really been enjoying like like learning this machine, and I've been problem solving with it and and talking with them. But like they're just they really they really believe in this product, and they're and they're really working on making it better and making it. By making it better, a lot of it is just by streamlining the information online, um, because it's it's because it's open source. You know how open source gets; it gets very cluttered. You know, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, they're really cool, um, and uh, and they're working on making it so that could run on Mach three and other other software like that as well, because it's like a I don't know a computer thing connecting to a computer thing, like a language thing. You know, okay. so pr- pretty soon I'll be able to run it with a better program than just this open source stuff. You know. I'm sure you could run it with Mach three if you wanted to. Not yet. No, no, because it's like um, because of the language it speaks. It's like a Raspberry Pi versus whatever. I don't I don't fully understand all that stuff, but it doesn't it doesn't understand that language right now. It's like Gerbil. It doesn't speak Gerbil. Uh, oh. It's which is like the generic like every other machine yeah. in the world. So it's it's running something other than Gerbil, I guess. I don't know. But uh, but the 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 next generation of them is supposed to do Gerbil so you can use Mach 3 or any of the other free ones that you can download and stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm learning a lot, you know. I guess, you know what, um, if you were making something that was $30, what's your setup time worth, right? To stop what you're doing over there, to go over here, to set up the machine, to press go, to take it to the post office, is it worth that $30? Well, that's the thing is normally it's not a big deal, like because I have the CNC right there. I, I I went and I glued up a bunch of blanks for these signs that I have. I have a couple different signs, so they're all yeah. glued up and they're ready to go. So it really is just a matter of like dropping it in the machine, opening up the G code, running it, and then you have to do a little spray paint to you know infill the letters, sand it, mm-hmm. and it's and it, and then put a keyhole hook in the back. It's fifteen minutes of work, but yeah. just this particular case, I was just like, oh man. As, you know, it was just the one day it came in. I'm like, of course. And it always seems like that. It comes in either like when I'm in the middle of like, you know, like some other big project or I'm in a welding project. So I'm not set up to, you know, I'm not on that side of the shop or it's just right. that that's the, but then I'm like, well, maybe I should just rethink the shop. Like I could list my guitars in the shop and make it an extension of my music store. But now I have, besides my website, I also have my guitars on reverb.com. So now do I need to have them listed in three places, you know? And then it's like, oh, maybe my DIY guitar kits could go there and I could sell them there, which is something I was planning on doing if I keep the store open. But I'm just not sure. You know what I mean? I'm just It's just an option, I guess. If you close if you close your Etsy store, how hard would it be to open it up again? Well, I would do what Phil did. I'd put it in vacation mode because if you close it, then you lose all your numbers, right? Well, I think um, that's, your, that's your answer then right there. I mean, just give yourself a break for a while. It doesn't sound like it has to be permanent. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But I you lose you lose the momentum. It takes months and months and months to rebuild the momentum of the traction you're getting. How many listings do you have up there right now? 
don't know, like 20, maybe. Okay, so and you, I don't, you I don't have, have enough really to... I don't have momentum. Um, yeah. I get momentum. I have these, these necklaces I make that I sell during... They sell at Christmas, and they sell... I didn't have them for Mother's Day this year. Um, yeah. But there's like a couple... Peri- and the, they tend to... What happens is they pick up momentum, and then I, I sell out uh, right. every year. Um, but then the rest of the year, they're just not... not the thing is, is Etsy is really hits. like a place people go to buy gifts for other people. So yeah. if you have items that fall into that, you know, that sort of paradigm, then that's the place to go. But maybe full guitars would make sense. But guitar parts, I can't imagine people are buying guitar parts. I don't, parts I don't think so either, which is why I haven't. Yeah. I figured I'd just put it in there as a store spot. But yeah, no, I agree. That's what like signs, jewelry, yeah. gifts, you know. Yeah, not not. I don't waste my time. Gifts for other people, exactly. You know what I mean, like so. But that's the important thing, right? And then that's sort of the mind, like the mindset you have to have when you're listing on Etsy is: is this a gift that someone would buy for someone else? Yeah. And that's that should inform every decision you make for that platform. Mm -hmm. Send me one of each of everything that you make, and I'll tell you if I felt like it was a gift or not. That sounds like a good strategy. Problem yeah. solved. Great. Okay, we yeah. can move on. Great. Right. Bill, what are you working on? Well, I got a story. I got, I mean, because I'm busy at work, and uh, we, we, we went through the uh, interview process. I interviewed uh, eight, nine people. We know we're going to hire at least one, if not two, which is great. But that's, it's, it's a government, local government. It's going to take forever. So I'm still very shorthanded. And um, so I'm out. The other day with Casey, uh, Saturday, and um, I'd noticed that a few days before that on Thursday, I started getting like a little bit of an earache. It was kind of weird. I haven't had an earache in a long time. And then um, Friday night, it was bugging me enough that I had her, I handed her a flashlight. I said, could you look in my ear? I mean, does it look red? I feel like, you know, I'm getting an infection or something. Oh, so she looks gonna in there. it's going to get disgusting. It's, yeah. it's really not. It's really not. It's kind of weird and funny. There's not really a disgusting. Keywords okay. uh, for disgusting. That's yeah. So listen. So so she says I can't see anything. I'm like okay. Um, so Saturday we went and did some running around, and my ears started hurting so bad that I said, you know what? I got to go to the emergency room. I think I I got because I years ago I got a really bad sinus infection that it was just awful and it felt like an earache and I almost passed out. The pain was so intense, right? And I'm uh. I'm paranoid now anyway because like you said earlier, I'm basically falling apart. Right. Um. So anyway, so we go to the emergency room, um, get checked in and everything, and the doctor comes in, and he looks in with the little light. He's all, I think I see a screw in there. <laughs> and I think, I think he was being funny, right? But he's all, actually, there's, I, can see a, I can see something in there. Let me go get a tool to pull it out. Uh-huh. And I thought he was serious about the screw. I'm like, well, that's almost cool. That could be a story, right? That could be its own yeah. thing. If if I actually had a screw, how the hell would I get a screw in my ear? But who knows? Well, one anyway, got so loose, he comes, right? Yeah, it's, that, that would be the thing. I got a screw loose. So he comes back in and um, he gets these little grabbers in it. It was, it was pretty painful. I'm very sensitive there. And what he pulls out is an earbud rubber. Oh. Oh. Right? So check this out. This is this is the weird part. So at work, I told you I've been busy. So two over two weeks ago, I, I mentioned that I've been using the little mini lawnmower, like a zero turn John Deere. Yeah. Okay. And where I'm using that is is in between the runways. This is not like mowing a lawn. It's like chopping down weeds 
Um, sure. And it's and it's uh, we have a big tractor mower that goes over it all the time. So it's these ruts. This is like a bouncy, horrible thing. So what I've been doing is I've been taking the single earbud thing like I'm wearing now, right? The Bluetooth one. But I was putting my hearing protection on over it so I can mm-hmm. listen to whatever. And I think that the bouncing of the the hearing protection going in and out caused a yeah. suction. I'm not kidding. So uh, the, the tower calls me and says, hey, we need you to clear out of the way. So I had to pull the mower into like the middle of the field to be out of the, you know, 60 feet from the runway, whatever. And I turn the mower down and I gun off and I, I pulled my um, hearing protection off and the ear, the ear piece fell down. And when I picked it up, I noticed that little rubber piece was gone, but I thought it was in the dirt and grass. The so grass. I'm looking around, yeah. I couldn't find it. I says, well, I got a spare one because they always come with a couple extras. Yeah. Well, it turns out that it had been in my ear for the last two and a half weeks. Oh my God. I know. Wow. I'm just like, and I didn't notice it just until a few days ago, but wow. What and you've been thing. shoving earbuds in, probably pushing it in further every time. I, it's, it had to have been all the way up against the eardrum by the time, because yeah. it started, it went from like, I felt a little twinge again, uh, Friday night. It was enough that I had Casey looking there. She couldn't see anything. So it had to have been way down in there. And then Saturday, yeah. all of a sudden I'm just getting like this earache. Like, you know, I crazy. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, uh, a uh, little warning. If you're wearing those earbuds and you take it off and you don't see that little rubber piece, it Check might be ear. stuck in your ear. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's that's like the stuff of nightmares. I definitely I'm going to start like hallucinating that I've got something deep inside my ear canal. Casey but, kept saying, so the doctor left. She's all, I bet it's a spider. I bet it's a spider. I'm like, oh, my God, don't even say that. That is because she knows I'm afraid of spiders, right? Yeah. She gave me a hard yes, time. I'm like that. Now, that to me is disgusting. If the doctor I, pulls out this spider, I probably would have, my heart would have stopped. I would have yeah. died. Yeah. I, I really I really wanted it to be the little bug from the second Star Trek movie that they put in. Check oh, out get out of here. That's, <laughs> that's what I wanted it to be. Oh, my God. Which is, I know, uh, which I still have nightmares about uh, 40 years it's later. Highly suggestible. <laughs> Didn't Chekhov get that? Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, God. That's why we were, uh, that's, uh, sure, that's what you were thinking in your head too, Phil. I mean, I know. Well, the like, best Star Trek movie of all time, Wrath of Khan, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, oh, so was, that's. Khan! <laughs> All right. Anyways, hey, wait a minute. What was Khan's? Okay, bonus points if you know who played Khan. That was uh, Corinthian leather, Ricardo Montalban. Yes, very good. It's Montalban. And he used to have a show called Uh, Treasure Island. Close. But it's the plane. The plane. What was it called? Yeah, Fantasy Island. Fantasy Fantasy Island. Island. Yeah. All right, this session, this session of um, trivia. You know, I'm is too over. young to even know this stuff, right? Like, this yeah, all... but you're like one of the smartest people I know, yeah. so I know you know things that most people don't. So, how, what have you been up to, Phil? I'm gonna take that money and run with it. Um, I actually did quite a bit of shop time this weekend. Oh wow! <laughs> so, good. two shops. Um, I'm building out my electronic shop in the in my furnace room. And so I put up, um, I put up some French cleats, the two sets running mm-hmm. along the wall, and then I made a whole bunch of holders for tools. So things like nice. pliers and and uh, snips and all that stuff, and um, and it ca- kind of looks like a toilet paper roll holder for, but it's for solder. Um, I made some shelves, and I went to the dollar store and picked up some parts bins. 
But they didn't have them. They didn't have what I wanted, which was kind of like a cabinet of many little drawers. Like you know, I like have. You always picture, yeah. And like I kept seeing them. Like I was looking for them online, but they were really expensive. So I went to the dollar store, saw what they had, and they had like these stackable things with like sort of liftable lids and hinges. So instead, I bought like four of those, and they were like, or maybe three of them. I bought three of them, and they were two dollars and fifty cents a piece. So I screwed them to a piece of plywood that I spray painted black and chamfered the edges. And then I put a, uh, a French cleat on the back of that and just hangs up there. So I've got like 12 little bins for parts. And if I need more, I'll, I'll make another one of those things. A little, little bit of reclaiming in there to save you from shopping if we're new at the dollar store. I like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, and then what I did also was to cover up and make this look like more of a film studio kind of thing was I went into my closet, and I have a whole bunch of, like, old um, computer parts, old electronics, and so I disassembled anything that had a case, I pulled out any circuit board that I had, and I hot-glued them to that wall. So I made kind of like this <laughs> art fun. piece. That's uh, fun, dude. All circuits yeah. and stuff, so it looks really cool. Um, and you gotta so post pictures. I, I will. I'll, I'll take some pictures. Uh, I just need to clean it up. I got a cutting mat for that, so... I got to do a lot of stuff in the wood shop for the electronic shop. And, nice. Uh, so I, I had kind of a blast this weekend. It was a lot of fun. And it got Good me it got my juices going again because I haven't done that in a while. You know, and it's fun to make small things that you can bang out really quickly. Like you get that sense of completion right away. We've talked about that. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's, I yeah. need to do something like that. Oh, it kind of nice. gets you going again, too, because sometimes when, you, when you've been away for a while, you're kind of in a rut and... Doing like a simple little thing will get you like kind of going again, you know, like kind of yep. jump jumpstart the engine, you know. But you know what it is also? It's the building out a shop, whatever that means. Yeah. That's like super fun to like. I, I it sounds gonna sound weird, but it's like nesting, right? Like you're kind of oh yeah, you're creating a home for yourself somewhere, right? And so nesting, like it's, it's very peeing on a tree, whatever you want to call it, marking your territory, yeah, something like that. So mm. I I know you're kidding, but like it it is something where you're defining a space for yourself right. and like you're making it your own and you know like you're outfitting it. So I keep thinking, oh, but I really like I want to get one of these power strips and put that here and you know I don't know you're playing house, but yeah, a man, manlier version of it. Bill, please make the noise. <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. So <laughs> so that's what I was doing and uh, and a blast. I didn't do anything. Else. You know what? I get to this this point where. I'm like, nah, I'm doing something. I should film it, right? Like, I feel guilty for not putting it on social or for not making a YouTube video. But get a little farther into for the, me. Get yeah, get the wheels turning a little bit faster because that sometimes will set you right back again if you get the juices flowing. But then you put the added pain in the acidness of uh, having to film it. That then that kind of drains you. Then you back away from it. You shy yeah, away again. Pump so, the brakes on it. Yeah, but so I have a project. I'm gonna do it. I have all my parts now. Actually, I uh, I'm actually pretty excited about this. My my package from China arrived from Banggood, and uh, in it are the last parts that I need for this uh, lab bench power supply that I'm building. And mm -hmm. I ordered my first Arduino, so I'm pretty excited to play with it. If anyone's not familiar with what an Arduino is, it is um, it's an open source um, microcontroller, and you could basically you power it with five volts. And then you can program it to turn sensors on and off, lights on and off, fans on and off. So you could create like a little robot out of it. You could make anything out of it. So I think a good example for those of us uh, that aren't all that smart, um, Bob Claggett used one to 
open and close all of the gates on his um, sh- dust collection. Yeah. He used one one of those Arduino things or Bambino, whatever. And, uh, yeah. So. So they can they can do basically anything your imagine your imagination can allow them to do. So the two platforms that are very popular are Arduino and Raspberry Pi. Right. Raspberry Pi is like a full on computer, so if you need to be able to access the internet and have it do all kinds of more sophisticated things, then that's the way to go. This is like a five dollar board that can react. It's kind of like a physical if then else statement. So if this happens, then do this. Then, like yeah. and then. You know, and, and loop and as that. long as if as long as if and then can send a signal, an electrical signal to it, it can do it. Right, so, and it can do incredible. both digital and analog signals. So you yes. can have things like, like a radio signal, or you can attach a vibration sensor to it, like an old piezo. And then, so if this thing gets moved, it can like trigger an alarm with like a little, you know what I mean? So it can do all kinds of things. It can it can be a garage door opener. You can you can have it as a bridge between your garage door. And the button, so that if you set up a an ultrasonic uh, distance rangefinder, whatever thing, like if you get close enough, it opens the garage door. If you get too close, it prevents it from closing. You know that kind of thing. You know what I mean? So it can do whatever your imagination can come up with. This thing can do with the peripherals required: sensors, outputs, power, that kind of thing. See, I just hotwire my front porch lights, um, photo cell, or motion sensor to it. You could do that. That's a that's I don't a photo need a resistor. Bambino to do that. Yeah, you could direct wire. That's so you're you're old school. Do it that way. Yep. But if you wanted to do it over the internet, your Raspberry Pi could do it. Yes. So if you want to be able to like send a tweet to at oh, Bill's garage, I'm want to do. Yeah. 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 yeah you know, I'm gonna like have a little something. camera going that says, "Hey, did I remember to close my garage door?" No. Tweet, and it closes by itself. So I'm, I'm glad you found all the stuff for uh, projects you've been wanting. I, too, have also located two pallets, almost the perfect size, one smaller than the other for my coffee table idea. So mm. they're at work. Cool. So maybe that will be my next build or possible video. That's fun. I love, Excellent. like, the gathering of the materials part also. It's part of the anticipation, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's especially for reclaimers, is. you know? Yeah, like yeah. Getting, getting that perfect junk to make something I, out I love of, yeah. the part that happens before I I build a crappy thing and disappoint myself. Like right now it's full <laughs> of possibilities of me being able to do it well, you know? Right. Right. Once I do it, it, then then I'm like, oh man. And every once in a while it comes out better than you expected. You're like, holy cow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And it keeps you going through all those failures and all those disappointments. Right. That yeah, one exactly. time is like it worked and it worked like better than you expected, you know. It's like oh, uh, well, I remember that's, that. I remember that one time, yeah. That's the beauty of reclaiming is that it's it's kind of like golfing. You can you can golf 18 holes and just suck at it all day, but you hit that one sweet shot and it brings you back for the next round. Right. Reclaiming yes. is the same thing. You can have, you know, three or four projects that just don't quite turn out like you hope they would, but then that one does and it just motivates you to just keep going and going and going. You get I agree way with more most back. of what you just said. Yeah. Well, you get back more than you put into it. Why? You don't like golfing? Oh, I used to love golfing, but uh, but when you have a bad round, you have a bad round. <laughs> it ain't fun. I don't, I well, first of all, I don't consider what I doing on the golf course golfing, so that's a good way to lower your expectations. Oh, so fair I'm only enough. looking okay. for that one shot, and if okay. I end up with two or three, that's great. Yeah. And if you hit par on secret, one hole, 
that's it you know <laughs> oh yeah yeah well a friend of mine told me too most most golf courses are 72 right so if you hit if you just try and get a five on every hole no matter what it is yeah that's a 60 round uh that's a round of 60 18 uh, no. times five is 60 no it's 90 no <clears throat> yeah. or 90 a round of 90 which is i'm sorry which yeah. is great a round of 90 which is a great round right you know why because i think it's something like 90 percent or 80 percent of golfers don't break 100 no really so most you're people hit 90 don't. you, have you to are be... well above everyone else yeah you got you got to be the pro that's just why saying i have this theory too about like all the special golf clubs and balls and all this and that you have to be a pro to utilize those things because the average person buying that $400 driver, you're not going to see any difference in your swing. If you suck, you suck, no matter how good the, the driver is. The thing is, is the know? better drivers have bigger heads and and have a larger sweet spot, so they're more forgiving if you suck. No. It, it, I promise you. I, I, I used to work for a guy at a pro shop. or I mean, I, we used to have the pro shop guys come to my work. Yeah. And they were there. That's what they said. It's like, look, these these golf balls that are specifically uh, designed to get you three or four more yards. You have to be a pro oh, to yeah, get the balls. Those yes, I agree. That's ridiculous. The clubs are the same thing. You can you can buy a set of golf clubs from Big Five Sporting Goods, or you can have a custom set made. And until you learn how to actually be that good, you're not going to get any better by having better tools. It just doesn't work that way. Okay. That that's conversation comes up a lot in the guitar world, especially with the talk of like tone wood, and that's one of the favorite things people like to say. Exactly, is that, you know, yeah. like we're, we're you know, I'm I'm not too concerned with tone wood. I'm more concerned with other things, and and any of the differences to me are pretty subtle. But there are people that are like, well, you know, you're not, you're not one of those players. Like it's kind of like you know, Derek Jeter. You give him two baseball bats, and he's going to pick a favorite. And to me, they're going to seem exactly the same. And there is something mm-hmm. to that when you're that specialized in what you do, and you're that good at mm-hmm. what you do. So yeah, absolutely. You know. You, we don't need five hundred dollar clubs. Like, you know? No, yeah, no. it's not going to make a difference. Yeah. Hey, what was our topic anyway? Falling we down. Have... Oh right, <laughs> right. Lead us in. So, um, falling down is the title of a uh, of a Michael Douglas uh, movie from the nineties, where he just gets fed up with uh, the man. Whether that's you know the big, you know the big concept of the man that's keeping us down, or you know the specific boss, uh, you know, and he just sort of goes off and he goes nuts. He, he busts out a baseball bat and he starts just knocking the, the crap out of people. But it, uh, one it, bad day too many is what it right, was. Pretty much. So yeah. um, so uh, I didn't have the greatest of days at work today. So I thought <laughs> I was thinking to myself. I cannot be alone. I'm not the only uh, person out there who uh, who is, you know, not super happy with uh, whatever the concept is of the man keeping you down. Whether it is that big concept of a system designed against you, a um, a boss at work, or if you are an entrepreneur, then your clients. Your clients are all your bosses. Every single right. one of them, and. You know, these are all people and things and concepts that we have to keep. We have to keep these things happy, right? You got to keep your boss happy. You got to keep the government happy. You got to keep, you know, your clients happy. And so I think there's a level of frustration sometimes there when you feel like you've done the best you can and it's just an untenable situation. It's like the no win uh, situation, Tim, for you. That's called the Kobayashi Maru, the unwinnable. 
scenario. <laughs> I uh, can beat it. I can beat it. Sure you can, Kirk. <laughs> you can only beat it if you change the rules. You cheated. <laughs> I remember that episode. It was in the movie. Uh, it's, been, it's been mentioned several times. And yeah. 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 So I figured I, I'd allow everyone um, a voice to uh, talk about you know, the times, the, you don't have to be specific, but sort of what you do to overcome the frustration of having to, um, I don't want to say the word bow down to these pressures, but, you know, we all have to keep these, these people and these things happy in our lives. So how do you maintain a sense of independence, identity, freedom while appeasing these forces? I, can I, tell it, you, I struggle with it sometimes. I, I can tell you um, my version of that. Uh, okay. Of, because I've been through it recently, um, within the last couple of years, meaning at, at my job. And I can't, I, not that I can't, I refuse to quit this job because it's got great benefits, a pension, all that. And I'm, I'm on the home stretch. Right. Um, but for a long time, I was, I was fighting the, the powers that be, you know, I mean, I was, I was just banging my head up against the wall for some nonsense that, that people who don't know what they're doing and in my area of expertise are trying to tell me how to get something done or they're ignoring suggestions that I'm giving them regardless that was forever getting on my nerves. And I finally just came to a place where I'm close enough now to the, you know, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel that uh, I've just zenned out. It's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that they're stupid. It doesn't matter that they're being, um, that they look at, 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 so one of the problems we have is our, our, to be real simple, our airport manager thinks that the maintenance department is just high-paid, overpaid day labor. That's, that's, I mean, he's basically just come out and said that. You know, so mm. morale for a while just took a dump, and then after a while I started realizing, you know what, it's not him that's doing this, it's me. I'm the one that's giving me low morale. I'm the one that's letting it get to me. Um, mm. You know, I think it's, but again, seeing that light at the end of the tunnel is like, and then realizing that I'm not going to be here forever. Um, I control my own destiny. Regardless of what a jerk you are, I get to retire in a few years and it doesn't matter what you say. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of right. like, you almost got to be the one to, to stop letting all this stuff get to you. And I think it's helpful when, if you, if you have a client, you can see the end of the, the project and you can say goodbye, here you go, money's paid, here's your product, goodbye. Or in my case, what I'm talking about is just coming close to retirement, I'm only going to be there a few more years, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, you be the change. Somebody, um, I went for lunch with a colleague yesterday and she said to me, she said, you know what, because there's a few of us at work that feel similarly with, with you know, um, the executive management right now. And uh, she said to me, she says, you know what? For a long time, I let this company and these people dictate how I felt and dictate my mood. And, right. you know, similar to what you're saying. And she's like, you know what? She used some language I can't repeat here. Um, I'm not going to give them that power. Like, who are these people to me at the end of the day? Like, who are these people to me? You know, we take it so seriously because our face is this close to the paper. You know, right. like, I'm holding up my hands very closely. Um, you know, but... I am me and and they are them and I decide how I feel and I am in control of my emotions and you know one thing I like I don't give them the power. One thing I like to say is one of my favorite sayings, uh, the pay is the same. I don't make less money when I'm in a bad mood 
I don't make more money when I'm in a bad mood. The pay is the same. Regardless of what mm-hmm. they have me do or what they do or don't do, it all pays the same. You know, it, it doesn't matter. It really, in the long run, they're hurting themselves. I mean, ultimately, I'm not going to get in trouble for their bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just bugs me. So stop letting it bug you. Regardless, the pay's the same. You're going to bring home the same paycheck regardless of, of how stupid other people are. I actually would likely make less money if I'm in a bad mood and I let it get to me because I'm yeah. in sales. Right. So it is only to my detriment to... I don't know, I guess fall victim to that. But, Tim, you have an interesting perspective, and I, I've had this. I've He's this got position. a new perspective. Ba-dum-bum. He's got new perspectives. Um, so how do you deal with those clients that just get right under your skin like bamboo shoots? Well, first I want to say that I agree with everything you're both saying, and, and I have worked for bosses Um you know, I remember like one time when I was a cook, like I, I, this is a whole long story, but I was young and, and arrogant and, um, and, you know, knew better than everybody, of course, you know, and uh, so I was always butting heads because I didn't have that Zen approach to being bossed around like Bill has now. And I, I get to the point where I had to actually drive as a whole long story. But I ended up having to drive three hours across the state of Pennsylvania to go to their headquarters to basically apologize and kiss butt. And I drove there for three hours <laughs> stewing on it. And I drove back for three hours stewing on it. And like that, by the time I got back, I was like, I am never doing that again. And so my solution to that was to, you know, to find another job. And then if I, mm-hmm. I discovered pretty quickly after another job, I was like, oh, you know what? There, I'm always, there's always going to be people that disagree with me and they want me to do things differently. You know? And I was like, I need mm-hmm. to work for myself. And then you realize, oh, that's right. There's always a customer. There's always a boss. I don't care who you are. There's always a boss. Yeah, you know? there's always a boss. And so you, you know, could older, be a CEO. You could be a millionaire, billionaire yeah. CEO. And there's a shareholder. Boss is the shareholders. Yep. yep. You know, or so the customer. Always or whatever. a boss. And always a boss. Always, it's never yeah. something you can escape. Or public opinion. You know, I mean, anything. Um, yeah. So, you know, the older and wiser me gets that, and I'm I'm a lot more like Bill now. Like I like I tell my kids exactly the same things you were saying. Like when Vance gets upset, I'm like, if if you get upset, that means they win. Like it's it's up to you decide whether you're upset or not. If is, yeah. if you let that person bother you, then they win and you lose. So yeah. they have no control over you whatsoever. You are the only person that can control your mood. You're the only person that can, that can do that. You know, you have absolute autonomy of yourself. Um, and it's no one else's fault, you know. Um, but when you're in business and your name is on the sign, it gets a little trickier, right? I mean, you know, you can both kind of be like, all right, well, my boss is a jerk. And at the end of the day, I'm going to retire in five years. I'll be out of here or whatever. Um, you know, I can't but, say that, right? I, yeah, I know you got a little more than five I'm years. I'm not retiring but. in five years. <laughs> well, it's not my fault. You made some bad decisions, but <laughs> that's a good point. But um, but like you know, for me, it's my name. Like, and the way I I look at that is that if if there's any one person out there that has something bad to say about my name, that is really bad for my business. I don't I don't want a four point five star review. You know what I mean? I want a five star review. Um, so it gets a little more personal. Uh, mm-hmm. with that, and you have to be like I feel like I. It's a little bit harder to shake it sometimes, but I, I have the same philosophy like you guys have about like, well, I'm not going to let this person, and and it, sometimes it takes me a few minutes. You know, you get off the phone, you're like, oh, like remind me not to work with this person again, and then but then you right. you go, well, I have to I have to do it right. 
I, I have to, and and what I've also come to learn is that if I have to do something the way I don't want to do it or something I don't want to do, even if like I'm convinced it's going to be like the wrong decision, I'm going to learn something from it. It's going to force me mm-hmm. to learn something, whether it's the lesson in how to manage the client or it's the lesson in design that I might learn that, you know, uh, yeah. positive or negative, you never know. It might work. Who knows? So I try to just be open-minded and roll with it. Mm-hmm. But it is difficult well, when it's your name and your business. Well, yeah. you would, it just like Phil said for him, it does affect. If you're going to have a bad day, Tim, it could screw you. It could screw your name. It could screw your you know your brand. Oh right? yeah, if just I fly like, off the just, handle on one customer right. and slam the phone, like on, Phil I'm said, out of he's in sales. Yeah. It can hurt him too. So I am yeah. lucky in that point. Uh, when I got when I got done with my kidney surgery, I came back to work, and um, for whatever reason, there was just a bunch of turmoil. And it happened because I was gone. I think I was, it was taken advantage of that I wasn't there to start a ruckus, right? And so I said, oh, I can still start a ruckus. So I went to City Hall. I went to the city manager. And over the course of a, a oh, man, quite a while, I went through uh, two city managers, two public works directors, three directors of the human resource department. And by this time, I had been through three airport operations supervisors who were basically over me and three airport managers. Well, yeah. And it's like, so all these people come and go and it still doesn't really affect. I'm the one that's going to let this stuff affect me or not, you know, because these people Mm -hmm. don't care. Everybody's got a way they want something to be done. Everybody doesn't pay attention to what needs to be done, blah, 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 blah. That's not going to change. I'm so, I have no control over that. But what I have control over, like your coworker said, Phil, is they can't make me feel anything. No, you're right. right. But that Zen, that Zen comes, well, for me, I'm not going to pretend like, you know, like I'm this, uh, you know, this Dalai Lama kind of character where I'm like, oh, it is what it is. Because that kind of wisdom for me only comes in the rearview mirror. At yeah. the time, it really, it definitely affects me. Like, well, there, sure, there are times but... where you feel so unappreciated. Like, you guys know because you've seen me in all of these different hotel rooms. Like, you you get how much I'm traveling and how much work I'm putting into it. To feel unappreciated, I think, is one of the worst oh, it feelings is. in it the world. Absolutely is. To, yeah. and to you, feel like yeah. people are just tolerating your. Uh, you know, basically patting you on the head. Yeah, we get it. No, it's going to get better. Don't worry about it. That sucks too, right? It's just, it's just a weird thing. It's like, then, like, what am I doing this for? But I guess as long as it's good for me, keep doing it. If it's not, don't. Is the I think that's the that's the 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 public or the private industry, right? I mean, you're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna give to the company, and the company's gonna say, "Great, what else you got? Great, what else you got? Yeah. Of course, they're gonna do yeah. that. That's that's the for profit model, you know." Mm-hmm. They're going to work you until you can't work anymore. Now, where Bill is, you know, in the unionized sort of setup, it's a little bit different. You have a little bit of protection against that. But that, I mean, that's, if I worked 70 hours, you know, in a week at the, the restaurant, they'd be like, oh, how come that wasn't done? It's like, oh, so now I'm 71 hours the next week. Like, how come that wasn't done? <laughs> There's never like, hey, you did enough this week. Why don't you go take some time off? That just doesn't yeah. happen when you're in upper management, you know? Right. Well. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it sucks. <laughs> but. You know, uh, there's a concept of in, in, in Buddhism of impermanence, and, and it might sound like a downer, but it's uh, the, the basic idea is that like in a hundred years, everything that's alive right now will be gone, but the world mm-hmm. will continue. The world will continue to, to be the same. You know, um, like you know, sometimes you got to put yourself in check too. Like you know, how I look around, like I drive through the industrial neighborhoods looking for pallets, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever, and I look at all these buildings, 
all these buildings, like 40,000 square foot buildings with signs with these names and logos and all these cars in the parking lots, all these people doing these things and I have no idea what any of it is and it's all right in my backyard. It's just yeah. like, it's just things happening that don't really matter. But to all those people that drove those cars to that parking lot, it's like the life or death. Every minute at that desk is like life or death. You're and right. In a hundred in a hundred years, that business is gone. Nobody's gonna even know it ever existed. Well, it's, it's like that for <laughs> yeah, all of true. us. I mean, really. Yeah. It's, it's putting it, in perspective. You know? you know. Yeah. We all we all just think everything's so important. It's not. Well, I well <laughs> I think the the key is to find what really is important, though, right? And I think is. Yes. Yes. You stum- and most of the time you'll stumble across that, but then when you do find that thing, it's important whether it's you're motivated by your kids or something your kids did that day. You can break it down to a micro level of of you got up and your your son hands you his favorite toy and says, "I love you, Daddy." Right? Boom. Your day is blessed for the rest of the day. So it's yeah. it's it's what's mm-hmm. important. Who knows? I think I think for some of us, I think for a lot of us, what we do. And defines who we are. It's a part of our identity, right? So that big, especially be, for men, I think men are more yeah. wrapped up in their careers for their identity. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, it's our. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. what we do so much as it's how we react, how we do it. It's no, irrelevant. Your job is such an intrinsic part of your identity, right? Like no, I people, am meet, this. Yeah. Hi, my I name is this. Phil. I'm a salesman for. I mean, it's like the first way you introduce yourself, even off duty, right? Yeah. You know, what do right. you do for a living? Hey, what's your name? My name is Phil. What do you do for a living, Phil? It's like that's you. You know that's right. yeah, and then and then if if something compromises that identity or calls it into question or whatever, it's like, you know, like it it rattles you in a really real way. You know, if all of a sudden tomorrow, Bill, like you couldn't be what you are, and someone said, "What do you do for a living?" You'd be you'd you'd pause. You'd, t- you'd be taken aback. You'd be like, "Uh, I'm Casey's husband, I guess." You know, like it's it's right. a part of your identity that would be removed. Well, when yes I, and no. I mean, I because I've been there. I've been where I come to work one day and the, and the rugs pulled out from under me. And you know, before I got this city job, and yeah. um, and then all of a sudden it's like, hi, I'm Bill. Uh, I make things. Here's what I can do. Right. Here's it's what I can right. do. Right. right. Here's, yeah. Here's so what I, I am. You, you move. Yeah. You move from proof to possibility. Right. Yeah. You know, when I when I met my wife when we first started dating, um, she referred to herself, a, it was like kind of a, it's a, we still say it, it's an ongoing joke, she referred to herself as a mother teacher, and she kind of said it like, like she said, don't mess with me, I'm a mother teacher. Like, you know, and uh, and she put mother first, and she always has. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was saying, I feel like men tend to be like, oh, well, I'm an architect and I have a family. You know, like, it's always like kind of the other way around. Uh, and yeah. there's, there's something to learn there, I think. You know. Well, you're talking about like tens of thousands of years of genetic programming, and you know, I mean, we're we're yeah. the ones who go out and kill the deer and bring it home. Like it's just part yeah, of our absolutely. genetic makeup. Yeah. We're also living in a time now where that that is changing. That and for, it's changing rapidly, and we and it's it, but it is changing rapidly. The genetic level, the genetic changes is going to happen as fast. Yeah. It's going to be rapidly I, I, on a geological true. rate, but I think like for our generation. No, absolutely. It's still part. It's still. I don't. Part I don't parcel. disagree with what you're saying. I'm just saying that we're. But we are living in a time now where it ain't just men that are going out killing that deer. No question. Know? But my point is, is that's why we react that way because of you know ten to a hundred thousand dollars, years of mm-hmm. that kind of thinking and that kind of social expectation. Trait. Social yeah. expectation. Well, you're supposed to go out and you know, you're the breadwinner. Who whichever gender it is, somebody's supposed to go out and make the money, the other one's supposed to take care of the house, right? I mean that's right. always been that way. And it's 
Yeah. 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 And that's not like that anymore. And and our genetics haven't caught up to that yet. You know, or for well, now you're getting blamed if you if you got both parents working. Uh, they blame them for not having one at home. But if you stay at home, it's like, why aren't you working? I mean, it's a no win. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why, like, why don't I, neither of us work? You know, it just makes Easy. it easier. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think, I think this topic was cathartic for me. Hopefully everyone else got something out of it. But and I another thing. Is, you kids get off my lawn. Thanks. That's what comes with age. It's also, I think it's a, yes, it's a senility. Right. Yes. What? It's an inherent right to be able to just say, get off my lawn at a certain age. Right. I've lived X amount of time on this planet dealing with all you nim- nimrods. Get off my lawn. Hmm. Um, so I think the lesson, you know, that we're espousing here is water off a duck's back. Now just get over just, it. Just let it yeah. flow. I hear you. Just get it. Yeah. Um, we got a couple of iTunes reviews. Oh, yeah. I noticed that. Who wants to read them? I've got them right here. There's one. Uh, Tim, you could probably read the one. There's only seven words in it. Uh, I don't know if I can handle that. Let me see. Oh, this one? All right, I'll do this one. <laughs> this is That's funny. The title is Two Stars, <laughs> but there's five stars, so we'll read it. And uh, it's by MN1234321. <sighs> that must be their married name. Um, the movie was better than the book. <laughs> true that's true a story it's good that's good it's very very true story <laughs> this one is by um by gray dusk and title is they said they would read whatever i wrote here which is true this is one of the oldest podcasts i listen to which by the way is weird to hear um yeah it yeah. helped it helped introduce me to the maker community and has helped encourage me to get a few tools and start building things now for the rest, since you said you'd read this. There is a newer maker I've been enjoying on YouTube and want to share and spread the love. Works by Hurst, H-U-R-S-T, is a fun channel for anyone who enjoys weld art, creativity, and metal spaceships, among other things. This Whoa. community is amazing, and I appreciate how people encourage and share, and I look forward to seeing awesome and inspiring projects from everyone. That might be the best review we've ever gotten. I don't know. Yeah, this, one that called this week. There was one that called us monkeys. That, that was good. last week. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty yeah. good. Um, yeah, that was terrific. I I love the ones where they sort of forewarn us that they are gonna say something awful because we promised to read it, and then they say something wonderful and delightful. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was kind of catches you by the short hairs, and then it just relaxes and lets you go. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Like honestly, why like, don't we maybe, let him talk? Like, can we just like not maybe let when them you're talk? late middle age, like you can say things like that? But okay, first of all, uh, let me clarify that. Do you know what that saying is from? Uh, grab you by the short hairs. I don't really like. I know what it means. Yeah. Okay. No, you don't because you think it's something horrible. It's actually it's the it's the hair on the back of your neck, the very small hair back there. If you, my mom used to grab me by there when I was a kid and in that's trouble. The, if you, that's if, the scruff. Right, the short if you and curly up a little is, bit is a little bit that, south. I didn't say that. I said short hairs. Yeah, but nobody says that. And the short hairs on the back of your neck are connected to all the nerve endings. So when you put a little pressure on that and lift it up, it really does actually kind of immobilize you. Okay. It's a thing. It's a real thing. So that's where right, grabbing by the like short hairs Maybe if you're like a kitten or something, from. but anyways. Um, <laughs> weekly 
tip segment. I know I gave oh, mine I last week, I but it. I have a very short one. All right, go ahead. Um, I had uh, I was using hot glue to put up those circuit boards as decoration in my uh, in my office slash electronic workbench. Yep. And uh, and my hot glue gun. I was using one of the, like the mini ones that uses like the mini glue. Th- yeah. Uh, that sucked. So I decided to get a full size one, and I got a super cheap one from the dollar store, and it was awesome. Super cheap. Yeah. Just super cheap and just. Uh, I have to figure out a metal tip. It's got to get hot. How hard could it be? Horrible. So then I went to Canadian Tire and spent fifteen dollars instead of five on a Stanley full size <laughs> thirty watt glue gun. Totally worth it. Don't cheap out on a glue gun. I was thinking about spending the forty bucks on the Dewalt ceramic, but I was like, it's forty bucks for a glue gun. So instead, I got the fifteen dollar. I was not disappointed. Great glue gun. Very happy. And a side tip to that tip is uh, not so much as the brand. Look for the glue gun that has a very long trigger because some of them right. you squeeze the trigger. You got to squeeze it thirty times to get a little bit of glue out. So yeah. the 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 more grab you get with that trigger, the bigger the trigger, the more it's if you're the doing more travel it has when it pulls the glue Correct. into the into the yeah. nozzle. Yeah, I splurged so. and bought the Ryobi battery powered one. It takes the twenty volt battery and it was about 30 bucks but it didn't That's have it? a battery it didn't have oh a battery. okay it didn't come with it yeah, yeah yeah but i already have like three of those batteries and so okay. i just That's have it as the only part of reason this. i'm not getting one is because i don't have anything ryobi you have to you have to be invested in the battery system already and i would gotten a kit so i had a bunch of batteries and and the yeah. downside to it is that it is a battery sucker like you know you use the drill for three weeks so you can use the ryobi you know the, the hot glue gun for three minutes you know what i mean it does yeah, yeah. but the batteries charge so fast it's not a big deal and uh, it's so nice not having that cord. It is so nice. <laughs> so you have to switch it on, and yeah. then it heats up the element, or yeah, it only heats to, up when you use the trigger? You switch it on, you have to wait a couple minutes for it to heat up, and then it just operates uh, like a like a plug-in. But right. the, the downside is what happens is I'll switch it on. Like, I use it on my CNC machine a lot for holding stuff down. I'll and switch you forget. It on. No, yeah, I'll forget, or I'll walk away, and I'll, I'll come back three minutes later to use it, and the battery died on me, so I, like, I got to right. swap the battery in. You know, you, yeah. those batteries only last for so many years. Yeah, uh, so you might want to invest in some new batteries. Yeah, they're a couple years old now, so they're starting to die faster. But um, yeah, but they still they still work pretty well. The hot glue gun's been like that since day one with new batteries, though. It was I would think. Yeah. All right. All but right. but you are yeah. destroying those batteries with that glue gun if you're cycling them out that fast. Because yeah, you can oh only yeah, recharge batteries a certain amount of times. Yeah. All right. So a side tip to the tip to the tip to the glue gun is don't get the Ryobi because apparently it's going to ruin all your batteries. Right. You okay. know what? I think it's worth it though to not have that cord. Depending <laughs> on the really, application. It's really nice. <laughs> it's, it's really you walk anywhere with it. You don't like have that trip to go over the cord and. Well, see you know. again, you have a shop that you can walk all over the place. I can just basically reach from one side to the other. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Same these. Um, so Don't another tip, um, and it's because I had to use it. So vice jaws, what do you what what do you use to pad those with? And I'm talking about even the wooden because I have the wooden woodworking vice, right? Yeah. Um, wood. I want, huh? I you pad wood. it with, right, but also to pad it uh, with something. And this is just one of the things you can do is rubber floor mats out of a, a old car. Don't throw those away. Keep those rubber floor mats. It's good you can rubber use them for that. It yeah. is good rubber. So I, I can glue some to the sides of that and um, use that to clamp things in that I don't even want the wood to scruff up. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, the top of your table saw. 
you know, put put a rubber mat on top of your table saw and it now becomes a, a work space. You don't have to worry about getting, like if you're going to spray paint or glue or something like that, mm. you don't have to worry about that. Uh, a desk mat. I also have a, a, a floor mat on my desk right here at the computer and it acts as uh, just a space where my mouse works a little bit better than just on the piece of plywood. So yeah, make something, uh, recycle those uh, car, cheapy car floor mats. Mm. Don't throw them away. You can use them. Yeah, I use them as standing mats before. They're great. That's a, but I love the um, I love the idea of cutting it up to make little uh, soft spots. You know, yeah, it's a really good idea. I, I mm. always like I use the woodworking vise. Uh, I'll I'll clamp a guitar neck in there to sh- finish shaping it or something, and I just throw like a t-shirt or something over it, which yeah. is always like, you're kind of like uh, you know. That's specifically what one of the things I was thinking yeah. of is is the rubber is a little easier on the. But to make a little, sc- yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. You could also get a. Um, I don't know. I was just thinking something that's leather from like the thrift shop and then cut it up and use it for the vice jaws. An old belt. Uh, yeah. In, mm. Yeah. Instead of the thrift shop, um, old couches you see on the side of the road. Yeah. Cut the back oh, yeah. off. Cut yep. the back Sometimes off. Sometimes they're vinyl though, Bill. Yeah, but vinyl works just as good for vices than as leather does. And, and an I know you're job. making reference to my couch and my chair. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, was super comfortable. You were the one who was down on it though. Yeah. I bought, so I bought these uh, couch and a chair at uh, Living Spaces or something like that because they were Rain on store. sale for cheap, right? And I asked the guy, is this real leather? And he's like, dude, it's not all real leather, but wherever you sit or your back touches or your arm touches, that's real leather. So it'll last. But the, the back and the sides is vinyl because you're not going to – I'm like, okay, that makes sense. No, it's all vinyl. Stuff's wearing out. still works, but it's like all rubbed off. Leather doesn't rub off. I don't think so. I, I, I would no. agree with you. Anyway. Still a comfy couch, though, despite the spring that was poking me in the tuchus. Um <laughs> Well, that was Danny. Oh, yeah. I told right. you not to sit on the dog. Right, right, right. Uh, otherwise, great dog. Um, oh, yeah. And what grabbed your attention? Let's go with Bill first. What, what grabbed your I'll, attention this week? I'll keep going. There's a couple of things. Um, something I haven't done in a while, uh, but we, and we have, we've all talked about it. I don't forget... Random, random dumpster diving. Uh, I happened to be a house. Somebody was moving out of a house in my neighborhood, and, and they had a low boy dumpster. You know, just kind of getting rid of stuff that they're not going to take. And I found a um, an old wooden crate. It says Seven Up on it, and it's got all these finger joints on the sides, and it's kind of warped. But I'm going to try and just rehab this wooden box because I think it's cool. And then uh, another thing I found, um, same thing. I'm like, I'm now I'm all excited. I haven't been in a dumpster in a while. So uh, a couple days ago, I ran into another one. Found five old rusted, uh, just plain old handsaws with the wooden handle, all hmm. rusted out yep. and everything. It's like I don't know what I'm going to do with these, but I should have these five old it's rusted great steel. Handsaws. You have a plasma cutter. Oh, it is. Cutter. It's spring steel. Yeah, yeah it's good yeah, stuff. Yeah. So anyway, don't forget the dumpster diving. Diving. And then um, the last thing that caught my attention is last week we had the guy that gave us a, a review and he was from Japan and we were trying to figure out is this an American living in Japan? Well, it turns out it is. His name is Simon. Uh, it's a, it's and a Brit. He's British. A Brit. Yeah. Right. And he's uh, he's teaching English there and he's been there for many years and he's saying, you know, some of the uh, the communication gap was kind of hard as being a maker, but he is a maker and he does have a website and it's called Fish Designs. Fish uh, dash designs.com so go check that out Simon thank you for the review and it's um, it's a pretty cool little website go check it out I Thanks, think Simon. I'll leave 
the, yeah, he's like the, the like the most interesting man in the world. He, <laughs> he wrote and he's like right? you know living in Japan, you know, he's, where there's a woodworking shop and all this stuff. It was really super interesting. Yeah, and thank being you for a, sharing your story. Being a maker with us. in Japan and yeah. being a, a English teacher at the same time, and he listens to reclaimed audio. I love that. Well, you can't do everything right. <laughs> I wonder if we'd have more listeners if we were nicer to ourselves. I would say start, let's do this. Let's start you two being nicer to me, and then we'll go forward from there. Well, I'm not prepared to go that far. Yeah, slow. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a hunch. (laughs) I'm not willing to trust. You know, more research first. Yeah. (laughs) Team money. That's when they spend money on, uh, um, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, This bothers me so much. Environmental impact. You got a project that they're going to build a building that's going to cost $2 million, but they're going to spend $3 million and study the environmental impact. It's like, it's a vacant lot. What is there to study? Anyway, go ahead. You don't need to do an environmental impact study to know that you two being nicer to me will be better for you. I'm just saying. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tim. Go. I'm just going to ignore him. Um, yep. <laughs> you know, just carry on. <laughs> I had a couple I actually have like a like a lutes like list here. I have a couple a couple shout outs. Um, one is uh, sound guy on a mission, all one word on Instagram wrote to me. He's up in uh, the Albany area of upstate New York and he's got a neighbor, he's like an 82 year old guy that has like a sawmill on the property. And the guy's got like 4,000 square feet of butternut that he's looking to kind of get rid of and, and wow like, Whoa! Like, That's nice like for stuff. cheap. Yeah, like for cheap. So anybody up in the area that's looking for some butternut, go on Instagram and find Sound Guy on a Mission and send him a message and say you heard about this butternut up from from Tim because he you know he knows I'm kind of fairly close you know and he asked me if I was interested in it, if I knew anybody in the area. So anybody in the upstate uh, New York area looking for butternut, I think you can get a really good deal. Um, you might want to turn uh, Mr. Rouleau onto that for his, uh, some of his tools. Tony, I'm talking yeah. to you. Yeah, that's yeah he's up that way. That's right. I should drop him a line. Um, remind me to do that. And then, um, I wanted to say hey to, to Brody, who just turned 13 years old, and I don't know if he listens to the podcast or not, but, uh, he, his, he asked for his birthday, and I got, I know this because I was tagged on an Instagram post when he, he just turned 13, and for his birthday, he had asked for a couple things, I forget what the third one was, but one of them was Adam Savage's, uh, newest book, and one of them was my, uh, New Perspectives Music Guitar Kits. And so he's cool. gonna make his, which I thought was really cool to be in the same sentence as Adam Savage. Like, oh yeah, I'm like basically like a MythBuster now, you know. <laughs> but but <laughs> yeah, so he, that's uh, a myth. It's busted. Yeah, busted, right? <laughs> but so he, um, he's gonna make his first guitar, and uh, I thought that that was really cool. And I was I that, that is was really neat, super you know? cool. Right on. Yeah. Um, and then, but what I want to say that I'm into this week is not a movie, not a, a book, not a radio program or anything. It is. This pen, this was my Father's Day gift that I bought for myself a couple weeks ago, and I just finally got to open it. And it's, um, I, I decided to start carrying a mechanical pencil, okay, in the shop instead of old-fashioned pencils, and I was like, I, I wanted to start using a mechanical pencil for all the reasons that nerds with CNCs use them and stuff. So I had this, like, cheapo plastic mechanical pencil in my pocket, and I was using it, and it was, and then I was like, you know what I need to do? I need to make my own so i was gonna go buy a kit and make my own on the lathe you know like a pen um and then i found this and I, I, it's what it is is it's by a company called skillcraft with one l 
and this is the B3 Aviator multifunction pen. So it's designed for uh, pilots, I think it's US Air Force pilots, are required to carry a red pen, a black pen, and a mechanical pencil with them at all times. And so this is all three in one. So you turn it once, and it's a black pen, you turn it again, and it's a red pen, you turn it again, and it's a pencil, and you turn it again, and it's off. Wow. And it's, you'll Mind notice it's blown. Yeah, it's just amazing. It's just the size of a regular pen. It's got an eraser in here. The, the cap is a screw-off cap because uh, they can't have loose parts flying off, so there's no loose parts that'll fly off the thing for a plane. And it's in a matte black finish, so there won't be any glare. So none of that really matters to me too much, but that 3-in-1 has a really good clip so you don't lose it in your pocket. But you thought that was enough of a reason to buy this pen? <laughs> I feel like I'm not getting I feel like I'm talking to the Wolf of Wall Street right now. I know, I'm oh, yeah. not getting... Oh yeah, sell, sell me, me this, this pen. pen. Sell me this pen. I'm not getting sponsored by this. I I just bought it because I thought it was cool. It's made in a factory in the United States of America that is entirely employs blind people. Best pen in the world, made in America by blind people. That's kind of awesome on many levels. Yeah. yeah. I, so anybody that's looking for a nice mechanical pencil, I would highly recommend the Skillcraft B3 Aviator multifunction pen. Yeah, it I'm reminds done. me of the old big fat plastic uh, red, oh, yeah, green, the four blue, colors. black ones. Yeah, it works basically the same way. They they just kind of I already took it all apart, you know. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, it works the same way. It's just like they're they're slightly flexible, so they just get pushed down the shaft, you know. But yeah, yeah. it's just it's just brilliant. I love the thing. It's that's pr- it looks really cool. I wish I wish our audience could see it. They should look it up. Well, they can if they go on Amazon, and they're like they're like fifteen bucks. I think is what it was. It's not like a ridiculous amount of money. That's. Pretty good value, especially for me yeah. in the U.S. Yeah, five like blind it. people. Yeah, that's right. that was the that was the because there's a couple like it. And then I saw that this one is like the one that has a government contract and it's made by blind people. I was like, oh, I was like, it's obviously, obviously. The one you, you got to buy. You know, way to right. go. Okay, I'm done. Um, well, grab my attention this week. It was kind of a serious one, but it was um, John Stewart's impassioned plea. Amen. Congress mm. on mm-hmm. behalf of Man. the first responders and emergency workers that were at Ground Zero, whose uh, fund has been depleted, or will be very soon, and they are—they've been petitioning Congress to extend and refill that fund. And on the day of the hearing, <laughs> almost no congressmen showed up. So uh, it was a very emotional. Um, and very well spoken. I mean, you'd expect nothing less from John Stewart, but it was no jokes, all serious, um, very articulate, uh, impassioned plea to Congress to help with something that just should be so like automatic, bipartisan, and no political agenda whatsoever. Look, these guys yeah. risked everything to help. They got sick from what was on the ground. They are dying. Help them. And, I think uh, uh, and the, so that really the got final, me. the final thing that he said was, they did their job. They responded within five seconds. Now you do yours. Yeah, but what and he said uh, was, you haven't done yours in eighteen years. Yeah, yeah. But now Which you is, do yours. Yeah, and he and this isn't the first time he's had to do this. He just, he's like there no, every year. He's every making year. this. It's ridiculous. But it's the it's last just, time because I believe that there. Uh, this is now indefinite. This fund will be taken care of. It's permanent. Perpetuity. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyways, I thought it was just gut wrenching, but um, yeah. but I, think I don't care what your political kind of part. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. 
But it went viral, and everyone's paying attention to it, which is what's important, which is why I assume they attached him to it anyway. I'm sure he's very passionate about it, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. He, no, he, out, he attached himself out. to it. Did he? Yeah, yeah he, he did. Go. Yeah, he's been doing yeah. this for years, and that's not... That's great. Yeah, because he's... But, that's. But, I don't care who you are. You, that, you take care of people that do that stuff. It's just... Yeah. You, you take agree. care of your vets. You take care of your, your first responders. I mean, it's just what you do. You know? Well, yep. Yeah, people that put themselves on the line for the rest of us, obviously take care of them check out the video too where they all got together and they they gave him something a little something something and uh that was very touching as well so i won't i won't spill the beans but yeah find out yeah. what they did for him afterwards it was really it was really cool he spilled them um <laughs> on instagram twitter and youtube i'm phil pinsky check out ironandsoul.com williamlutes.com timsway.net newperspectivesmusic.com Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you guys through email, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio. Um, on iTunes, you can head on over to reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. There is a link that will launch iTunes where you can leave a five-star review. And again, if it is five stars, we will read anything you say. So go nuts. Um, patreon.com slash reclaimed audio the absolute best way to support uh, three guys who've been doing this for over three years now and are you know uh, just really enjoy giving back to the community and for as little as one dollar per episode you have access to the pre-show which lets you get a good look under the hood of this well-oiled machine so that's a treat right there Um, that's that's all I got. I ran out of runway on that one. Thanks very much, everybody, and uh, have a great week. Be good. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> Super weird.